You're listening to the AID Network. Hey, Connie, before we get started with today's episode of Comment Below, where we look at the best things to watch and stream in the month of January. If I'm sad because Monday is just not enough, Connie, where else can I find you on the internet? You can find me with my own podcast called Is There Gay Stuff In It? Pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast, but we're on Spotify and iTunes for sure. It's a podcast that I started last year to kind of supplement um, what I have done with you in the past Mm -hmm. on here, which is talk about TV um, and media. But mostly our focus is about 60%, 70% queer TV, movies, media, and pop culture. Um, I'm on the second episode of my second season, and uh, I've got a regular co-host on now, and we are discussing a wide variety of topics, like we touched on the Golden Globes this week. Was there gay stuff in the Golden Globes? There was a lot of gay stuff, a lot of controversial gay stuff, but then we also, like we discussed A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody in just the context of the type of movies they were and how they were made, but also the you know little gay stuff in there, because we have Gaga, and then we have the Freddie Mercury being a uh, straight washed controversy from bohemian rhapsody work me in the audience through this when you cover is there gay stuff in it do you cover the way that the gay stuff is portrayed and sort of rank on if it was true to source and it was a respectful um injection of culture or like how, how do you guys cover the gay themes within a bigger body of work um we kind of are 360 all around it okay i mean we're, of course the things that we like we tend to talk about um most, but we will also talk about the things that we liked, disliked for reasons of negative portrayals or cliches, bad tropes, just lack of representation also gets covered. Then we swing around to things where like the uh, Ryan Murphy pose on FX. It was a show that we loved, but also it hit on like the 80s AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. And I was able to talk about it with my co-host who was not even born in the 80s. So he has no concept of what things were like for the, my other, myself, my other co-host who lived through that, going through school and getting all of the AIDS scares. And, but then we also touch on the music and the filmmaking and those kind of things. But we really do look for normalization to be our key thing. Like, you know, forever there's been the stereotyped gay best friend of so-and-so in a sitcom. Wacky neighbor who's gay. Right. And it's just not enough anymore just to have a character, just put a character, a gay character in a show so that the gays who are starved for seeing themselves on screen Mm -hmm. will flock to that. We're not putting up with that bullshit anymore. It's like, you know, gay characters, queer characters are around every day in real life and not as you know, a focus. Let's just weave us into the stories. And that's the thing that we end up liking the most is when we, when we get normalized, uh, it's kind of an odd term to put to it, but that's, that's what, what we're saying. Well, it sounds fascinating and and sounds like such a unique voice in the world of podcasting. It's, is there gay stuff in it available? Yeah, it's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Also, if you go to my website, butchandsissy.co, I have a page dedicated to hosting the podcast. You can listen from the beginning there. As I said, I'm on the second episode of the second season. So I really just kind of got into my wheelhouse and and hit my groove with this season. And butchandsissy.co is the perfect website to go to to shop for yourself or someone on your list that may be of the LGBTQ community because that is what the product line services better than anyone. Go listen to Is There Gay Stuff In It wherever you find quality podcasts. Thank you.
back to comment below. It's so nice to have you here. It's so nice to be your Sherpa on good things to watch on TV. But sometimes my lists are shit and my co-hosts want to <laughs> disassociate themselves from my list. But whatever. I, I comb over the world of TV. I look at all the release dates. I watch all the trailers so you don't have to. So hopefully I can bring you 10 quality things to watch on the show this this beautiful, glorious Monday morning. I have my TV wife, Dixie Connie Collinsworth. How are you, Dixie? I'm doing great. Hello, hello. DC for short. And I always have my true love in this world, little Snicket, <laughs> Sean Mort. How you doing there, Snicket? Woo! Yeah, I'm good, Woo! thank you. you. You look a little <laughs> bit worn down, so I'm going to pump you up. Woo! 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 I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm, uh, I, I've been going through a little bit of a TV depression. And it's that Currently, I hope something's good on today's list because at this particular moment, I'm a man without a show. And when I don't have a show that I'm watching, I literally don't want to get out of bed in the morning because it's that show. It's that show of there's one more escape from Danamora waiting for you. Get up, make the coffee, make your way to the TV. I just the last couple of days, I don't have a show. I'm a man without a show which is a man without reason to get up is a man without meaning. I need something good to watch. And the depression came because I just finished escape from Danamora. I fell in love with it. The tone of it. I loved it when they were in prison. I loved it on the breakout. I even enjoyed the, the controversial six flashback episode. Like I really, really loved it. It was so good that immediately after I'm like, all these other shows are shit. I just want something good. I'm having the post great series depression. I did Narcos, which was good, and Escape from Denimora that was great. And now I'm a broken man. I'm a broken man, Sean. I mean, this is that show that you pricks were talking about a couple of weeks ago that I that I'd never even heard of. And like even when you started talking about it, then I was like, Oh yeah, I don't know what this is. And I was like, Ah, okay, I vaguely remember this now. So it's that good. Jesus. It was it's that good. It was really fucking good. And the thing is, is like I was glued to this. It happened in real life in 2015. These guys break out of jail. I was glued to it. I watched it every night on the news. So I even knew the story that I was watching. It was hard for them to like shock or surprise me. And I absolutely adored it. It just had that nice, like you're hanging with these people. You, you kind of fall for them. You, some of them are despicable. Well, they're all kind of despicable, but it just was so good. Sean, you got to get a fucking VPN and watch this thing. I'll find somewhere to watch it, definitely, because we, we've been without a show for a while, and um, I feel like it's it's just going to be Game of Thrones, so I'm going to be without a show until April now, which is quite upsetting, and I haven't been watching enough movies and stuff like that, so I just kind of, you know, that's why we've been coasting through the office, is just because we're just like, well, we haven't really got much else to watch, and we want something to kind of switch off to, so yeah, well, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing something new if it's that good. It, 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 the pacing on it was really good and, and shout out to Ben Stiller, my homie. Uh, he did such a great job on his first ever directing and production piece. Like he really, really nailed it. I mean, from the coloring to the tone to the casting, like I have really no complaints. If, if I had finished this before we did our, our uh, top 18 episode, 
but this could have easily been higher up on our list. I really liked it. Connie, um, I have a bit of an argument. I know you didn't like how they did the flashback, but I thought the flashback episode was really good. I just, um, you know, handling flashbacks and the dreaded dream sequences, thank God they didn't do any of those, um, because we could have had that from the Patricia Arquette character. Right. Uh, as, Which I thought that, she was being promised. Yes. So we didn't do that. But they, they threw all of the flashbacks into one episode and ate up the whole episode, and they came in abruptly at the beginning. Several people texted me and said, wait a minute, did I miss an episode? What's going on yeah. here? I think I've missed one. I think I, I don't know what's going on. I was like, nope, nope, nope. We did the same thing. We had to stop, check the list, and go back. It's okay. Just keep watching. Can I give you um, my theory I, on why that was there? Sure. But go ahead. Finish what you're saying, and I'll give you my theory. I was just saying that it was that thing was a, a fast-running locomotive of a show, even though it was slow-paced, but every week was like, boom, boom, I don't want this to end. Let's keep going. And then it was like kind of screeched for the storytelling we had to have that flashback we needed to know that we needed to know how these people got to where they were at because we were feeling sympathetic yes. for some of them you, so maybe we the did not page. need to it was like we did not need to it's like before you start uh, rooting for them too much at this pivotal moment in the storytelling let me just remind you they're all despicable people and no one deserves to get their way here yeah and even the most sympathetic character the 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 husband in the show <sighs> what an he acting wasn't job no, he he was not innocent at all. And so then you're just like, you know, it sounds horrible, like there's nobody to root for in this show. But I kind of was rooting for one character, but I just didn't like the way they handled those flashbacks. I wish that he had interspersed them through. And maybe if we'd had one more episode for some of the after the escape adventures it would have added to it, I think it it was so good. And I'm and I'm kind of curious because the seventh and final episode ran an hour 40 and all the other ones ran right at an hour. And I thought, man, why, why didn't it go to eight? Cause seven is such an odd number to stop on. And actually the morning that I watched it, I just didn't have the time to finish it. So I had to like kind of somewhere in the middle, I made my own director's cut and said, okay, this is where the episode ends and I'll watch the rest the next day. This never happens in our house. I don't know why, but I go, my episode's missing. I wonder why the TV deleted it. And Beth goes, was it escape from something? Because I accidentally deleted something. Look, there's Divorce. never there's never been a domestic in our house, but that was the closest we've ever came. I mean, I was just like, what are you, you? Like, I don't get mad at her. I was furious, furious. She's just starting to warn, <laughs> win me back. Escape from Denimora. Go check it out. Okay. When we did our top 18 list, uh, a listener sent us their top six. We each did six that piled together to make 18 for the year. This is listener Don Post's top six. He said, kind of disappointed in this list, but maybe I'm missing something. Fuck you. My top six is this. Number six, South Park. Yeah. What? what why? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what, what year is it? Exactly. Number five. The Haunting of Hill House. That was on our list, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. Sean, I want you to Sean, enjoy it a lot. Sean, lay down. you watch this. I know that Mark, you haven't watched it yet, right? No, I haven't yet. Okay. Sean, uh, did you get, did you pick up on, I did a little after show reading. Did you pick up on the some of the theories about this show that, um, I'm, I don't think I'm spoiling with this. I hope not. That each of the characters represent one of the stages of grief. No, I didn't. 
I'd, I'd not even seen that at all. That's yeah, really I, interesting. I read something interesting about, and then when thinking back after watching it, it really does fit. And then the the uh, showmakers confirmed that that was right. a planned thing. So it's going to get a second oh, no viewing from me now with knowing that. Yeah, because they're all definitely screwed up in different ways. So it yes. makes sense in, in a lot of ways. Oh, no, that's yeah. really interesting. Way to Mark, it, guys. Watch this. It's it's really good. Way to ruin it. It's it's really good. There's there's some things that happen in it that are just fascinating, and it's well. Now that you just told like me that they're scary. all ghosts, why would I even watch it? Uh, yeah, number f- one of the best lesbian characters ever on television. Oh, too. here we go. Number four on Don Post's list, Sabrina. She was yeah, in my. Uh, that was in my uh, honorable mentions. Sean, I didn't see it. Okay. Ruth started to watch it. I know that it had. Um, Sally Draper is Sabrina, isn't it? Oh, so I'm, I love Sally Draper. So that's so that's interesting to a certain extent, but it's just I don't know. It's just not for me. I always love very Buffy esque, very Buffy esque. I always love the fact that Don Draper took his kids to Disneyland. I I, I like yeah. that he found a way to make that happen, and that really shows how high high profile that family was to have that kind of money and those resources at that time period to go to the opening of Disneyland or the, the opening years of it. Number three on Don Post's list is lost in space. I watched the first episode, thought it was good. And then I'm just like, this is just too family for me. And I, I never finished it. It sounds like um, Don Post is a 15 uh, year old boy. It's <laughs> um, just, it's all things that skew a lot younger apart from haunting of hill house which i guess kind of still does as well but yeah i'm not not bothered about that i yeah number two on his list the good place which is something that um we'll we'll possibly talk about later in the show (laughs) garbage hate it move on (laughs) not true and number one on his list i just started watching this on recommendation of connie the marvelous miss mazel oh right yeah i've heard of that it's that's on prime isn't it um is it good it's very good very good highly recommend they do old-timey talk on it so it's like there's never a moment of silence it's like oh i see you got a piece of bread there yeah i'm gonna have myself a sandwich oh i enjoy sandwiches too but i can't afford to have a sandwich oh well you should have a sandwich because sandwiches are delicious well i think i will have a sandwich and then when i do i'll make it a hero because i've always loved sandwiches that save the day if you have a hero how could the rest of the day go wrong because you started your day off with a hero see and it just it's like whoa fucking calm down here second that does calm down it does calm down yeah second episode they brought it down a notch and and i loved how in the first episode the dad was anti france and the second season he's all in on living the paris lifestyle so there you go (laughs) there's don post's list uh engine seven design uh said escape at denimore was such a Damn great series, and I think the flashback episode totally helped fire back up the drama, giving the viewer an origin story refresher before the story sped off to the conclusion. So I believe we're all on the same page there. Adam Cutler writes in, really glad that I'm not the only one who thought that the dummies at my local theater accidentally ran a 3D cut of Into the Spider-Verse at a 2D showing. (laughs) (laughs) It genuinely was hurting my eyes at one point. I was was like, like, fucking hell. I'm like, I know my eyes are getting bad, but are they this bad? And he goes on to say, hot damn, everything about that movie rules so hard. And we also got a lot of... um, uh, love people liked hearing the whole the whole comment below team together on one show. Now, before we get into our 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 feature of ten things to watch this January, uh, we need to help out Jezza NZ. Here are three things. He said thing. Here are three things I have never seen. 
What order should I watch them in? Okay, we're going to help him out here. Item number one, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Item number two, right. The Office U.S. Item number right. three, The Last Jedi. Sean, sort these out for him. You give your order. Friday Night Lights, The Office U.S., The Last Jedi. Which order should he watch these in? My God, he couldn't have picked three more tonally different things to put into a, a sort. Yeah, I mean, I would watch The Last Jedi because it's just two hours. Like, that really isn't that complicated. So just watch it. Get it it's done. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Friday Night Lights absolutely is just amazing. And even though it hits a couple of rough spots, like, you know, even at its worst, it's better than anything in The Office. So um, just don't even watch that. So you're fine. Don't even watch The Office? Yeah. Because you're... You don't need to. The, but you're you don't watching it for like the it. third time now. Like, I don't understand what... A, you're like a weird office, like, lover, hater, hypocrite. Like, I don't get no, you, man. It's quite funny in bits, but I just don't think it's worth it. And I still, <laughs> like... You know, Michael has just left to form his own paper company. Oh, spoiler uh, alert. When, now you don't even and need I'm to just know, like, Jezza. It's season six. And Pam... Um, I just... No, I just hate it that nobody would ever do that. It just wouldn't happen. I just, I just, I find it really frustrating. I just, it isn't funny enough. There's funny bits and there's some good bits, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying it. We're only watching it just to pass the time. I spend more time just on my phone while we watch it. So it's kind of good in that way because I can relax a little bit. Sean, but, uh, no, I, I, don't, I just don't think it's good. Over in the Snicket, do you guys have yes. a, like a Postmates or a deliver food to your house type service over there? Is there a way to get like the horse and buggy to bring food to you? Yeah. Tell me what that is because I need to like get you a chocolate bar before we record because <laughs> this evil deadpan mort like I don't know what we're dealing with here today but I need to get like a, a food delivery service like I need to get you a hit of sugar I know you don't do coffee but maybe I could get let's talk you, about movies maybe let's I, talk about movies I'll, I'll get you all excited about movies but when it's TV shows I'm just like I don't know you, I'm not I'm not I don't want to sound I'm, I'm sounding like Billy now yeah you're, you, you're like taking Billy. that role perfectly. Like <laughs> No, but I'm not trying to. I'm 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 trying to um engage, but I just I'm not enjoying that TV show and there are certain things that like like you said at the start, like there are things that you you don't have a TV show and it's frustrating and I haven't had one for ages. Like, you know, we we watched Better Call Saul and then we haven't really watched a lot like Luther was shit. Um you know, there's 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 a lot of things that I'm just not excited about. I'm excited for tonight to see um, Brooklyn Nine Nine come back and for catastrophe. But these are kind of fleeting shows um, that that only last for like thirty minutes. So I I want something to kind of sink my teeth into, and whether that's going to be just like rewatching The Sopranos again or, <sighs> or or going through something again, then that's fine. But I just we we just don't have it at the moment. It's it's quite frustrating, but. <laughs> So that's why, but I've always been the same anyway. That's why I like to go to the cinema all the time and watch movies. But we haven't, I haven't been to the movies so much recently. You know, I saw something the other day and it was garbage. Absolute you're, garbage. You're just a, like a shell of the man I once mm. knew. I know. I apologize. I don't mean to be. I'm just, I just want, um, I, I yeah, want I, you I, to I just, have, I need some, need some good TV in my life. I want you to have a very, very controversially late term abortion. I need my blood back. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair enough i'll um it's probably still legal in the stick in the stick of that so it's Castle fine dimes. yeah what was the garbage movie you saw vice really vice really not yeah, worthy have you seen it no no 
I just I, I just thought it was really boring. Um and it didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. And it just I, I don't know. He was great in it and stuff, but it just it felt like it was really plodding along and it just seemed kind of pointless and then it, it went totally stupid at the end. I just I, I yeah, I really enjoyed the big show. I thought that was a great movie. And it kind of like really zipped along and this felt really plodded. It, it felt super long and I just, yeah, I was dead disappointed in it. So I uh, I need to go to the cinema and see something good. Me and Henry are going watching Bumblebee on Tuesday. So oh, we'll see I how that goes. I think you'll enjoy that. I, it was, yeah, I'm looking forward it to it. It was lighthearted and good. And, and my, my favorite Transformers movie, even though I'm sure it's not, if you're a hardcore Transformers fan, I'm sure it's not their favorite movie, but it was my favorite Transformers movie. Um, my advice to Jezza is this. On a Friday or Saturday night, watch The Last Jedi. Make it an event. Make a bowl of popcorn. Have a good time. You're welcome. Friday Night Lights, watch that when you're looking for inspiration and, and you want to kind of unwind and go someplace and, and, and feel good about yourself. And when you sit down to have dinner, put on The Office. Enjoy those little 30-minute bites while you're biting your yes. food. That's the perfect way to master through that list. Connie? I'd say just watch just watch Friday Night Lights three times in a row back to back. And skip the other two? It, yeah it really is like the best tv show like it just it's unbelievable how good it is like even like i say that it goes through dips and it's quite you know but you know well it's quite ya like skewed yeah but it, it just it doesn't matter because it's just beautiful and you know they you go through so many emotions watching it and oh, i just coach. i would i would love to watch it again right now oh, coach i just love it i love, love coach it. i love coach so much hey in february we should do an episode where we do brackets against mm. best characters. Cause I'm wondering, is there a character that I could put up against coach that I would say is better than coach? Could coach make it to the coach? His wife. Oh, oh, oh fuck. I love coach's wife. <laughs> she's she's speaking, better. Speaking of it's coach's wife, <laughs> have either one of you watched dirty John? No. Is with it her you and Eric I recommend it. I wish that it wasn't on Bravo because of kind of the, some of the treatment of it, but it's a, it's a wife watcher. Um, and she is coach's wife watcher. (laughs) (laughs) She has never played a character like this in anything. Connie Britton. And, uh, also I kind of tend to like Eric Bana usually in things, Mm, Yeah, man, he's doing so well. He's, he is no longer Eric Bana. He is this disgusting, slimy, um, asshole, grifter, criminal, to a T. Okay. Um, is he Dirty John? St- yes, he's Dirty John. Cool. Um, it's fr- that was uh, based. I don't know if you know about it, but it was based off a podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. So they they did a podcast about the real life event, and then they wrote the the show based on that. Um, I'm we're all into it. All into it. That sounds great. Our podcast is actually a a prequel to something that already exists. Uh, Sean is was inspired by. <laughs> <laughs> the character Oscar the Grouch today. Oh God, Jesus! I mean, he's already green, it's lives in a trash a- can, so now he's just totally got the the attitude down. This is going to be a long two hours. I can tell. <laughs> I'll change my attitude. I promise. No, you don't. <laughs> Listen up, party people! That's right. If your client or yourself, you have an event coming up, take all of your event planning design. Bring it over to our friends over at jackprince.com. If you need laminates and VIP passes, 250 start as low as $192. If you need full color posters to promote the event, show everybody that you're going to have a great time and show off your design skills, 
250 full-color posters as low as 194 bucks. And if you need a full-color vinyl banner once you get to the party, you need to give your sponsors a shout-out or let people know where to go to get their laminates and VIP passes. Oh, it's all coming together. Get four-foot by two-foot banners as low as 50 bucks. All three of these items are under $200 and a great way for you to round out your promotional printing and planning for you or for your client. Get these deals and even more by going to jackprince.com slash circle of trust when you're ready to design that next party or promotion. jackprince.com slash circle of trust. Spin less so you can make more. Hey friends, you want to hear more comment below? Sign up today at AID.network to hear tons of comment below episodes and 30 more minutes of bonus content from today's episode. Also back in the archives, you can hear interviews with folks that made Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Straight Outta Compton, Angry Birds the movie, and tons of creative people just like you that found a way to turn their daydream into their day job. 886 episodes of workshops and we're just getting started. Sign up today at AID.network to become a proud member of the Circle of Trust. And wherever you're listening for free today, please consider leaving us a positive review, give as many stars as possible, and tell a friend all the fun you're having each and every Monday listening to Comment Below. All right, friends, what do you say we get into our, well, my top 10, top 10 picks. Now, I'm not saying that these are ranked in the order of number 10 is the worst and number one is the best. This is just my list of excitement. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I, I'm a man without a show right now. I, 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 need, I need to find a show. So I'm hoping somewhere in this pile of 10, there's something good. Are you guys ready to begin? Of course. Let's go. Okay, number 10 has already happened. This is something I just want to make you aware of that is really, really clever, and I enjoyed it. Um, Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon do this thing where they are Cord and Tish, and they cover things as these two fake newscasters, and they did the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. It was a live stream over on YouTube. It's part of Funny or Die. I think they probably have this somewhere um, on Funny and Die's YouTube channel where you could just like stream it while you're working. It is absolutely hilarious to see these two just riff and bullshit for two hours as they cover the parade. They really do cover the parade. They tell you the floats and the marching bands that are out there, but there's so much make believe and just complete Will Ferrell bullshit that it's already <laughs> happened, but I would highly recommend just putting it on while you work and let it be in the background because you don't really have to look at it to enjoy it. But my God, I hope these two keep doing this for other events. Okay. I never even knew that this was a thing. I um, That sounds really interesting. Will Ferrell seems to be at the bottom of his game at the moment, so it's nice to see that um, <laughs> he's doing something funny. It's good. Why do you say the bottom of his game? Well, I just saw the reviews for the uh, Sherlock Holmes movie Whoa. that he did. Whoa. It's brutal. Whoa, right? That's worse than Is Adam Sandler. Is it still on 0%? What's that? Is it still on 0%? I, d I don't know, but my God, it was... Last time I saw it was like at 8% fresh or 8% rotten or whatever it is. And it's so bad that Netflix wouldn't even buy it. <laughs> like they offered it like Sony or whoever it is that made it offered it to Netflix before it came out because it was tested so badly and Netflix said no so that's that's a real a, re a real shit marker on your hands so yeah like I said I, I'm I'm interested in this because I I've always liked Will Ferrell I've always thought he was funny I mean he's very hit and miss he really is but um when he's good he's 
unbelievably good. I, I, I think that this is him at his strongest, though, because it's him just improvising and, and working with the moment. And this year in the Rose Parade, there was a, a float that broke down. So there's a massive float stuck in the middle of the, the parade route and they had to go around it. And just listening to him navigate that complete moment that nobody thought was going to happen. And, you know, he's just like, Molly Shannon's like, oh my God, this has never happened before. He's like, no, don't forget this happened back in 87. But that time it was 17 floats that broke down and it just keeps yeah. going and going and going. And the way that they worked advertising into it was really smart. So I'm just always... I like clever and I like the internet becoming a part of things. So, you know, if there was a way where you could hear an alternative broad broadcast of say the Super Bowl or the Oscars, I would be more inclined to watch the alternative feed than the actual main feed where it's, you know, company men, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. That just gets tiring. Sometimes the whole uh, today show perspective on the world. Yeah, I've always mean, felt, right? I've always felt that Will Ferrell, um, I agree with Sean. He's gone downhill, but like, I feel like he's best when he's not contained in something. And so maybe that's why that's so good. Like even his best Saturday Night Live skits feel like he just went off the, you know, the track of what was happening. Yeah. What was scripted. Yeah. Like that, you know, get off the shed um, skit with the kids yeah. is pure gold. But I don't think any of that was like scripted. That's just him riffing. Connie, I've always had a bizarre, there's something about female comedians that they are my pinup girls like the, i love 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 a funny girl you get vibes from molly shannon because i do and and she's a bit older but i still find her to be incredibly sexy yeah and i think that's that kind of unpredictability that she's got uh i don't i think that uh what's the uh, little catholic school girl that's probably like the root Superstar. of who she is. <laughs> yeah that's probably the root of who she is um the more unpredictable sometimes the better with women. It can be bad, but sometimes the better. It's just like Kristen Wiig. Well, she's gotten kind of serious now, but in her heyday of Saturday night live, my crush of her was just, you, you could not even put it on the, the number charts. I mean, it was off the charts. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Okay. Number nine. <laughs> I think that this is something that Connie might be a fan of because it probably is a little bit too close for home for Sean. Uh, coming over on Netflix, January twenty fourth. Conversations with a killer. The Ted Bundy tapes. You know, I was, I was uh, wondering if we were going to talk about that because it's it's like a documentary type thing, I think. But I love anything serial killer related. I know you That's do. Such a, like a dumb thing to say. Every idiot says that. But um, man, I like. I just growing up in the seventies, that shit was really happening. And so it was scary. You know, I was too. Seeing, yeah, I was seeing that stuff. Like I didn't understand it completely, but I was seeing that stuff and there was a vibe that you got and like you know, like when you'd hear people talk about it. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And Ted Bundy, I mean, what like a controversial character, like the good looking, uh charming guy next door who was just doing the worst shit. Oh. What a despicable human being. There was a, somebody, I want to say, at the end of the 90s, the beginning of the zeros, they did a the series of, they weren't documentaries. They're, okay, so there were movies that I believe that were just made straight for video, and each one of them was about one of the classic serial killers. So Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and they were filmed almost like a TV, made-for-TV type movie. So there wasn't a high production thing, and 
the Ted Bundy one, I had to stop watching it about halfway through because there wasn't there wasn't like a cop that was out to get them. There wasn't an oppositional voice that was saying, damn it, we just missed them today. Like the Volkswagen bug was just on that block. And we missed them. It was just glorifying what he did. It was just a, like shot for shot was just him, you know, finding another young woman being completely brutal to her. I'm like, this is made not for people that want to know more about this oddity in, in history. This is made for sickos that probably want to wank to this. They were, so I, they, were almost like, them. they were almost like hype videos for them. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, you see yes. sports hype videos. They were yes. like serial killer hype videos. Best of. Like, best of real. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's pull the highlights and throw these things up. I, I think, um, are you talking about the one uh, where Bundy was played by Mark Harmon? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the one I'm talking about. Bad dude. Super, super low production values <laughs> on all those, real melodramatic. Yeah, but yeah. they just came off like great guys where you're like, okay, where's this going to go wrong? And it never did. <laughs> yeah, you kept waiting for that oppositional voice to be like, this is why he was a sicko. And it was almost like the filmmaker was like high-fiving him like, come on, Ted, you can go for 36. Don't stop now. You're on a roll. Playoffs are coming. Come on. <laughs> Sean, are yes. Are serial killers a big thing in the UK or were you guys one and done with Jack the Ripper? Well, we had um where I live, we had a we had a guy called the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh, um, yeah? he was like in the um like late seventies, early eighties, that was a really big deal like around it and he was kind of based around Leeds the Leeds area was taking um like prostitutes and and just basically killing them in it and he was on he was on quite a streak and he's in prison now and stuff like that and he was caught and everything but, but go on if it's a prostitute <laughs> does it really count uh, not in the 70s maybe now <laughs> but yeah definitely not in the 70s um the, the so, Yorkshire yeah. Ripper sounds like a English fraternity guy drink that they <laughs> Play beer yeah, pong it with really the Yorkshire does. Ripper. Bro, give me another one of those Yorkshire Rippers, man. <laughs> Let's do also, it, bro. You've also got the Moors murders, though, which are classic, yes. just based on the two photos of those killers. Um, yeah. We used those on a Marilyn Manson posters, and they were the most popular ones. <laughs> Again, that was that was a northern thing. That was really close to here, like not like not too far from like basically in between where I'm from and where I live now and again it was a big deal and um, they constantly seem to be kind of in the news um, to a certain extent I think um, I'm pretty sure Myra Hindley might she, she might have died recently anyway but um, yeah so we, ha we have our own but there's definitely a fascination with with some of your guys and you know like like connie said serial killers is a is a big business at the moment like it's it's really kind of with the podcasting thing right. and serial and all of that lot um it's taken on a, a a kind of a life of its own and it's become this this big business um don't re there's a lot of shit is what i would say like um so i i try not to watch a lot of it but but some of it's some of it's really good and i um like i, I always just think of zodiac the, the David Fincher oh, movie and that's just classic it's just probably one of the best movies ever made like and I'm sure that you know that that's something that I didn't know anything about like the Zodiac Killer and stuff like that but like you say it it must have been frightening to be around at that time and to kind of see these things going on and thinking of um is it was it man what was it called Mind Hunter was it oh Mind yeah Hunter? when is that coming back thing? 
that's back this year at some point because he's Fincher is just finishing up with it and then he's making um, World War Z 2 is his next movie oh I can't wait for that one either I know Um, so exciting Hollywood has given us Bundy again this year um, with Zac Efron playing him really Uh, okay I'm listening was the teen comedy (laughs) no but they're filming it up uh, in uh, Cincinnati so I thought about going up there and trying to troll around and see what I can see (laughs) oh absolutely I, I, I mean these guys are you know the sort of the, the the Mount Rushmore of serial killers is you know Dahmer, um, Bundy, uh, John Wayne Gacy, and you know like that doesn't seem to be Dennis Rader, the bind, torture, kill, BTK killer. Like it doesn't seem like it happens as much anymore, and I wonder if that's because technology has got to a moment of you can maybe get two or three of these under your belt, but the, the time in which you get caught, it seems like the digital noose is so much, you know, tighter that you don't have that leadway that some of these guys had to kill dozens of people. My favorite piece of media about serial killers is the Sufjan Stevens song about John Wayne Gatesy. Have you, have you guys heard that song? Yeah. Yeah. From Illinois. It's absolutely a beautiful song like just completely beautiful song about the worst subject matter you could possibly write a song about and that juxtaposition makes it one of my all-time favorite songs he was the clown guy right yeah john wayne gacy yeah okay yeah i've seen i've seen those pictures fuck me man that's that's some scary shit that no doubt about it Oh, oh, hello. My phone's ringing, which means everything in my office explodes, even though it's all on moon mode. Because guess what? If you have it open, it rings because you obviously don't want to be bothered when you got your phone open. Okay. Number eight on my list. Connie, I need a recommendation yep. from you. The wife and I have been cruising through Ray Day Day, a.k.a. Bunchy, a.k.a. Ray Donovan, a.k.a. Real Life, Real Weird Voice on Ray Day. We've been seeing a trailer for something on Showtime called Smilf. Single mother I'd like to fuck, Sean. Let me just get this out of the way because I know you that you're a right. degenerate. Um, yeah. Is this something that we should dive into? Would we enjoy this as part of our Showtime subscription package? Oh, it's a glorious mess. So I think that you would, uh, this person's life that she's documenting in this, it's Frankie Shaw. She did this as a film, and I believe at like Sundance or some of the other places, it was a short film. And the interest in that was so high that Showtime gave her a deal. Um, it, she's documenting a uh, maybe lower middle class Boston uh, single mother navigating through uh, trying to raise a son, deal with a mentally ill mother played by Rosie O'Donnell. She's top-notch in it. I don't know why she hasn't been recognized. Um, Pumpkinhead? But it's... <laughs> yeah, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> we, we can't talk about Rosie. If you want to... If you want to get on a rant on Ellen I'm all for it but uh, <laughs> I just always love that Stern Sean Stern used to make fun of Rosie for years and then they right. met and and they became friends and he's a lot different guy than he is now and she's a lot different than what she was back then and they became friends and he really really adores her and vice versa so she performed at his 60th birthday party and at the end of the song that she performed she said goodbye Howard Pumpkinhead loves you, which is what he used to call her. And I just love that type of humor where you take back the insult and you make it a thing between friends. So every time I see her, all I can imagine in my head is 
Pumpkinhead loves you. Oh my god. We, I, Rosie O'Donnell isn't really a thing. I know that she falls out with Donald Trump. Like, but I don't really. Is she, she falls out with everybody. She falls out with right. everybody. Okay. Yeah. See, she's I don't, got a short I, fuse. Is she, is she an actor? Has she been in in things, or is she just like a TV personality? I don't really know. I, I recognize her and I know who she is, but she was she was a stand up comedian. Yeah. Started in the eighties. She was on VH One. Okay. Um, she kind of came up at the time uh, with a when there weren't as many female. Uh, comedians as there are right now but then she right. went on to uh, do a few few movies she like little things like oh i don't know a league of their own um stuff like I've that, heard of that. Uh, she was the quite stones movie she was quite sexy as uh betty rubble in the flintstones movie like okay i've never been attracted to her but once again as <laughs> betty rubble i was like well, what am i feeling here for rosie then she got uh, she was one of the first people to get the big afternoon type talk shows and it was colossal like she was like it's, she was the Ellen of that time. Yeah, she was the first big oh. opposition for Oprah. Yes, yeah, and um, she got the uh, the nickname the Queen of Nice, and turns turns out she's not that at all. <laughs> she's like a she's a real person, not just faking. You know, like she wasn't even like being overly nice. It's just there's something engaging about her. She grew up loving. Um, I'm talking like I'm her publicist or something, but she grew yes. up loving um, television. Um, she lost her mother when she was very, very young and had an absentee father, grew up in an Irish family. So that just makes for comedy right there. You know, so <laughs> yeah. she, uh, she I, I love her. We went on. Um, she, she is out lesbian. Was she way, always way out? out? Not until after the trail end of the TV show. Okay. Um, yeah, she. It was like one of those. I'm not hiding, but I'm not going to also give you a statement, right, which nobody right. has to do type things. But um, she did these with her wife at the time. Uh, they would take over cruise ships, and they did these Rosie cruises, and they were all LGBTQ families. Like they, I'm talking like those huge, um, you know, sea cruise, like a carnival cruise. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, they would take over those and book all of the rooms and then rebook them out to all LGBTQ families or friends, you know, wow. so it was the entire gay boat. And Tanner had asked to go on one of those for, uh, he said, I don't want any Christmas presents. I don't want any birthday presents. I want to go on one of these things because he'd never been around any other kids raised by two women or two men. Yeah. And he was like, I, he saw the documentary on HBO and was like, I just want to do this. And we were like, well, fuck, now we got to do this. Cost way more than Christmas birthday or whatever for like five <laughs> years. <would have>. Wow. <laughs> but we went on that cruise and uh, we ended up meeting her the first night and she and Tanner buddied up. And Tanner's probably the only kid who's watched cartoons in Rosie O'Donnell's bed with her wow. besides her own <laughs> yeah. wow yeah so, they, uh, they communicated she and uh, was it a good gave, time oh it was a great time are you kidding we you they had of course great shows it wasn't your typical cruise shows because they brought broadway entertainment hollywood entertainment whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. are you saying that a gay cruise ship had excellent <laughs> entertainment this is shocking <laughs> Well, the best part was those entertainers were also just on the cruise. It was their vacation, too. So Tanner, he we didn't see him the whole week. He just, we saw wet clothes from swimming and him leaving the room, and that was it. And uh, he would, like, be trolling around the boat at, like, 2 in the morning in a cocktail, like, piano bar where Cindy Lauper is drunk off her ass, rolling around on the piano and singing show tunes with the gay Broadway people on wow. there. It Sounds was, like a great time. Yeah, he also strolled into the Bears meeting too, which was interesting. <laughs> Chicago. But that's who Rose that's who Rosie is. She's like our patron, like no nonsense lesbian person. Well, if you 
met my stepmom, you would know why I wish my dad was gay because I would have loved to have been on that cruise ship and not doing what I was doing in my shitty neighborhood. All right. So Smilf. Smilf. In or uh, out? In. I'm in. I'm so excited this is coming back. The first season was great. Um, is this season number two or yes. three? Two. Um, it's very gritty. Um, uh, in a vein of a girl's, but... People aren't going to annoy you like they did in Girls. Oh, I loved Girls. But, yeah, I, I did too, but they annoy, still annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, They were so. the worst people. Every <laughs> single one of them was worse than the last. Yeah, but they were accurate yeah. people. Like, Girls yeah. reminded yeah. But, but, me... But not to my generation. <laughs> when I would watch Girls on HBO, which I absolutely adored, huge Leah Dunham fan, I would watch it and I would look over at my beautiful wife and I'm like, I'm so happy that you saved me from having to tolerate all of this bullshit that I used to have to tolerate. Like I, I just was so happy that she took me out of the game. Cause I would just watch it and be like, Oh God, I've been in all these situations and I hated all of it. I wish that it wasn't so like, I mean, I wish that there was a version of it that was a little bit uh, more safe for young kids to watch because every like 13 year old girl should watch that show because she's going to meet and be friends with and not be friends with every one of those girls in that show. It is the most accurate depiction of female friendships. Way more than Sex in the City, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, Sex in the City felt real for its time period. And then as we progress, you know, you just need to keep getting closer and closer to make things feel real. So Girls was even a more real version of that. God only knows what the next one's going to be. So, Smilf, you're saying... Put it on the wife watcher list. Absolutely. And then also when you're watching it, just imagine that she wrote it, created, produced, directs some of it, if not all of it herself. It's kind of a tour de force when you look at it that way. Okay. Sean, I got to ask you about this one. Number seven, this looked interesting to me. It's a British show called Informer. It comes Friday, January 11th on Prime here in the States. Is it good? I haven't seen it, but everybody that I've heard who's seen it says it's absolutely amazing did you watch um the one with rob from um game of thrones in what was that called the it was a tv show it's called on, game on of the thrones BBC. oh come on come on bodyguard it was called the bodyguard no i didn't watch did that you see that no but i do but you love know what the I mean, soundtrack though, don't you okay that's good i'm glad to hear that um so that was uh, like a really big deal over here like at the back end of last year um it got like the highest ratings um of a tv show in the uk um for 10 years um so just everyone went on about globes. it just won golden globes yes. yeah yeah exactly it's really good um it's very tense it's completely stupid like it's really silly um but in a good way like it Worthy just is realistic Absolutely. I really, really recommend it. It's, you know, it's very British, but it's, it's really good. Um, and this came out like straight after it. And everybody that I spoke to who watched it said that it was better than Bodyguard. So it's just, it's one of those that's kind of on a list for us and we want to see it. So I've heard it's really good. Okay. So it's a six part, uh, British show that'll be on Prime here in the States. And what it looks like is it looks like a, this is what I got from the trailer, looks like a young uh, Indian boy gets into trouble somehow or another. And then so that his family doesn't collapse, the cops pressure him into being an informant. Um, and after about a minute in the trailer, I'm like, I don't think I want to watch anymore because I'm already hooked and I don't want to know 
any more than I already know. But you could just yeah. you could just get a vibe sometimes from a trailer on the way something shot, the way that it's edited, the way that people are acting. You're like, I feel like that this is in my world and I want to know more about this. All right. No, I, it, it's, it sounds interesting. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, definitely. Awesome. Next on my list I have here in the number six slot is something that I, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I watched the trailer and I read some of the pre-reviews and it looks pretty good. It's called Sex Education, uh, Friday, January 11th. It dropped on Netflix and yeah. it's once again British. Um, it has uh, Gillian Anderson in it uh, from X-Files fame and uh it's about a high school girl who becomes a sex therapist for fellow high school students and jillian anderson plays an adult sex therapist so it's just level of people dealing with their sexual hang-ups um it looks like it's cut from the independent film template you know how a lot of these tv shows now kind of look like indie films it seems like it has that sensibility um it's got really really high ranking so far and i like anything that puts me back into high school so i'm going to check this out and i think that i'm going to put this on my wife watcher list this is being like kind of marketed really heavily, like in the snicket for some reason. That's like there's four billboards on the way. Me and Henry go to a play group on a Wednesday morning and like walking down, we walk past four billboards that had like this sex education billboard like next to it and stuff. And I was like taking taking notice because it's just it just looks like a bunch of sexy young men and women. So I was like, OK, I'm interested. But then I was literally because I was walking down on my own, you know, Henry just talks nonsense, just says Woody, Woody, hat, hat constantly all the time. Yeah. So I was just like in my own world and I was just thinking, oh, the I'm now at the age where these shows aren't made for me anymore. Like, like I, I always felt like, oh, you know, I'd be interested in that and I'm into that. But these kind of like YA shows or whatever, like, um, like this kind of thing, like this isn't for me. I'm too old for that. I'm but like, I'm like the granddad now. Not only that, Sean, at the game of sex, you've already won. Once you have a baby, you beat sex. Like I still take the game on over and over and over again. I just can't seem to beat the first board. So you're probably right. done with this because you've already won at sex. I, yeah, that's that's one way of looking at it, I guess. I, the, the, <laughs> that's the why when you have a kid, you don't say, have any more sex because you already wanted sex. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I definitely see it the the exact opposite way of that. Like we lost at it. It's almost like <laughs> we, it's almost like you're so bad at it that you get that you have to go through a secret door that ruins your life, <laughs> ruins the rest of your life. Um, which is you know that's fine, but. You know, there's, there's, thankfully, you know, if, if what you're saying is true, then there's no need for two. So I'm, I'm okay with that because we won. So yeah, that's tell fine. Ruth, like we Yay. already won at sex. There's no reason it's to so play true. the game again. If it's oh, all over God, now yeah. for you though, like, wouldn't you maybe want to live vicariously through these sexy type shows? Um, no, I guess in a way I just find, I, I, you know, when you were talking about girls before, like, I just find, um, all of oh God, I feel so old saying it. I just find them all to be like really insufferable, like like the whole thing. So I'm not excited to watch it because I just know that they're going to do a load of things that annoy me. But <laughs> so, you know, whenever whenever I see kids in general, I'm just like, yeah, you're all just a bunch of cunts. Is like, it insufferable, Ruth, sister? Go on. But also relatable. No, like, I don't do you think feel so. Like you ever, like, do you feel like you ever knew girls that were like the like the girls and girls? Because I know that I did. No. 
No, when you were saying that, so like I now I feel like the the young the younger generation, um, I like that. Ruth's sister is like she's like Lena Dunham in Girls so much. Like she looks like her, she dresses like her, she acts like her, and that's not a bad thing, but it's also absolutely not a good thing. Um, <laughs> like I, I just she like she's great and she's dead independent and you know um, she's 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 you know a, a powerful feminist or whatever but she's never worked a day in her life and she doesn't know what the real world's like and and i'm just like oh god so you know whereas you know i got to know uh, ruth's sister when i think she must have been like maybe nine or ten when mm-hmm. i first met ruth mm-hmm. and now she's like 21 years old oh. and i'm just like oh she was such a nice young girl and we got on with each other really well you know i took her to uh, you know, we went to see the Decemberists together and she got into music from me and now I'm just like, oh God, I just like, she's, you know, she went through her teenage years and she was great and then for some reason she like, she went off to uni and became a crazy person exactly like you talk about these people. So I don't watch these things and I can't relate to them like you're saying, Mark. Like that, <clears throat> that sounds crazy to me that you, when you were younger, you, you had girls around you that were like all of the girls in Girls. Oh my God, like... Each one of those girls, I feel like they took, I feel like they took every stereotype for a young woman that hasn't found her way yet. And I mean, this happens to guys too. I mean, I was a horrible lost individual for a solid 15 years of my life. So I'm no better than these folks, but I feel like they took, I feel like they took every bad attribute you could have and put them on a whiteboard and then divided them into like, okay, this one goes here, this one goes there. And I felt like each one of those girls was just a a massive statue of bad things about humanity. And I could watch it and be like, yep, I knew her. I knew her. I knew one that fit between the two. Like I just, I just watched them like, God bless my sweet Beth. God bless my sweet Beth for taking me out of this game because it, I mean, it's a game I had to play, but it, at times it, it, it drove me nuts. I'm watching that just reminding me. And you know, the guys were, were just the same. Like, you know, there's this weird thing that men go through where they want it, you know, they want what they have, but they also want more. So they won't be dedicated to anything. And it's just, all, it's just that part of your life is just a complete mess. And I think they did a very good job of accurately depicting it. That's fair enough. I, and it's, it, it felt quite unrealistic to me, it, but in the way that, you know, wh- where they're from and the age that they are, like I could see truths in it because I just thought, well, if I lived in Brooklyn and I was a rich kid yeah. then I, that's exactly what I can see. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you see enough of these people, you know, we've talked about it before, like that kind of California inflection, the way that people talk and, um, you know, there's kind of like a spoiled brat esque to it. Oh, and totally. So I, so I do see it, but I just don't, I can't relate to it from a personal point of view. And I didn't, I thought it was like a thoroughly modern thing. So it's surprising to me that, that, that you say that, but like, that's obviously, um, that's obviously what it is. So that's, that's, that's really interesting to me. Definitely. You know, something that I had on my list that you weren't completely on board with, or you told me that it was a British show is that Beth and I watched camping over on HBO. Yes. And, You know, it was kind of that type of thing where the first episode was was really, really good. It was a you know the first the the pilot of camping was just flawless, and then as okay. it matured throughout the end of the the eight episodes, it kind of it, it settled in and it, it weakened in spots. But 
still a great season. The reason why I liked camping was the exact reason why I like girls, because once again, they had taken sort of adult stereotypes, you know, the, 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 the de- despicable thing about people at, you know, your thirties and forties and, and padded them down into all these different characters. So there's something in me where I enjoy watching people that irritate me because it's almost like a stress relief of like, Oh my God, I've been next to that person at whole foods in Los Angeles and wanted to choke them. And it's so amazing that everybody else hates these personality traits as much as I do. No, of course. Well, is is catastrophe on your list then? Well, I know you've seen it. I've, I'm begging that Catastrophe will come back because I absolutely love it. Okay, well, that's back tonight in the UK. Oh, really? So a new the, season? The, yeah, so episode, final season, episode oh. one, season four, tonight. No, um, not the, the UK. final so season. I'm, yeah, yeah, done. Like, like five, four and done. So I'm, so we're, we're, I'm super excited to watch that. And that's what I get from Catastrophe is what you're talking about is, is I see a real to that and mm. it's a very British even though Rob isn't British you know he, he's American there's just a realness to a bunch of people screaming at each other all the time and that's you know something that I've seen from relationships I've had something for, for, that I've seen from relationships I've been around and stuff like that so that's what I see where as opposed to like kind of girls or what you're talking about with camping like I don't see that that feels a bit heightened to me but even though this is heightened it's still it, it, it feels more grounded in reality kind of you watch Catastrophe correct? I do not watch Catastrophe. I was just going to ask you if I should. Ooh, man, oh, man. It's a British TV show. Um, it's got, um, it's just about two people who hook up and then absolutely hate each other. Um, but they kind of stay together for reasons. Um, yeah, he's a he's a US guy that goes over to England on a business trip, meets her. They kind of get involved in something, and so then they have to kind of try to flesh out the relationship. And so it's kind of an American in England who's a fish out of water, but they don't really play up his. I mean, his Americanism is played up a little bit, but not too much. It's. I think that you'll absolutely love it. Beth and I really, really enjoy it. Um, it's good. Like it's really, really good. And oh yeah. It, I recommend it massively. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. best things I've seen in that 30-minute slot. Uh, in the U.S., Connie, it's distributed by Amazon Prime. So Okay. okay. I, yeah, I've seen it. It's been on my radar, but it just never caught me. But Jump um, in. I'll take, I'll take that advice because swinging back to camping, you know, you and I discussed it and you loved it and I hated it based on the pilot. And you think it's one of the best pilots, but the pilot's what turned me off. I was like, I don't know if I want another show these people because they're just insufferable but then yeah. i stayed with it and by three or four i was so glad i did because it became one of our like state it was a wife watcher and we kept watch like looking forward to it so oh good going back to the girls conversation real quick connie i have a question for you when yeah. how old is your son tanner 26 26 jesus christ that happened fast so yep oh man you go through a period when you're you know 13, 15, where you kind of fall out with your parents a bit, you know, because you're finding your own identity and you're breaking apart. When kids are going through that moment where they resent their parents, do the parents also go through a moment where they resent the kid? Like, does just everybody mutually kind of hate each other for a couple of years? Oh, you lose all family decorum. You will just call your kid a dick <laughs> to his face. <laughs> And they will just do 13 to 15 is bad. But then when they get the power of that driver's license 
and the little bit of freedom that they needed still relied on you for is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other monster. It's horrible. Um, yeah, he was a real dick from sixth grade <laughs> till he drove. So that's a pretty good That's a good amount chunk of, of being a dick. <laughs> Yeah, he'll he'll own up to it now. We are getting the glorious turnaround uh, that happens with kids when you realize that you're getting a little bit older and then you're like, I was a real jerk and you guys did nothing to make me be that way. I'm really sorry. So we've gotten a few of those and that's worth, you know, about half of the dickness that he had. <laughs> it's yeah. helped with that. But yeah, there it's just uh, it's just. It's just a mess in those years. And you find yourself being your parent. That's a cliche. Right. But I have I've felt the words rolling out of my <laughs> mouth and the looks the looks across my face. My dad has a steel stare that you just did not say a word. You didn't do anything. You froze in your tracks. And I somehow inherited that. So same with my dad. I, I could, my old man, he never laid a hand on me. He never spanked me. He never touched me. But there was just this uncomfortable silence and stare that was worse than any like he could have hit me with a belt and i would have rather have that because then at least there was an interaction between us because it was almost like a stare at me like i am so disappointed in you and you are so dead to me right now and yeah the silent treatment is way worse than the physical altercation you know what i mean it's just like the like i'm so sick of you i don't even see you feeling god it hurt so bad and that's what kept me in line was that stare me too. Oh God, I'm writing a list of every time Henry wrongs me, so I'm just gonna like when he oh, list of grievances. Yeah, when he turns eighteen, I can I can give him that as his, as his gift. He's not going on a on a gay cruise. He can uh, he can. I'm just gonna give him the list of say these are all the times you were shitty, and yeah, you know we we paid your way through, but just remember this is this is how much you owe me now. Now things are okay because that's what you get as as um, from friends. They're like, oh, you know, in seventeen years they'll, they, you know, they can take you to the pub and, and 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 buy you a pint. I'm like, well, for one, I don't drink, so I don't give a shit about going to a pub. And like, and for two, that's not enough. A pint isn't enough because I've only I've already had less than two years and it's fucking mental. <laughs> so like, can you imagine what I'm going to be like after sixteen more years? So no way, fuck that. Madness. I spent all those early years of his life trying to like be sneaky with my pot smoking and like be like, man, I can't let this kid see right. this. And now he's at the glorious spot where I send him out for my weed. So wow. <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, you want anything while I'm going? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Is it still illegal in Kentucky? Fuck yes. Yeah. It's the place where it's all grown is going to be the last place to flip. How ironic. Oh, we could be the richest state in the union and just be oh, coffers overflowing and everybody get along. But you know, they won't give up that, uh, the, the reason it won't be legalized is because the police have all that training <laughs> money and stuff that they have for, um, the opioids. Yeah. And so, but it's like, if you got legalized the pot and you, we would make so much more, you'd have the money anyway. It makes no sense. Well, while we're talking about family dynamics, let's talk about my number five show. This is us returns for the second part of its third season. Uh, okay, now big fan of my boy Milo. Shout out to Milo, great guy. But here's the thing: this third season, they're 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 telling too many stories, too many side stories. They need to reel it in. They need to regroup. They need to think smaller. They need to remember that we care about their core characters. Uh, season one, season two, I was batting in at. 90% of the episodes would make me cry 
on season three, we're at 10% of the episodes that make me cry. This is us. I'm watching you because I can't afford a therapist. You need to make me cry. You need to figure your shit out. You need to get it together. You need to make the show more heartbreaking. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, this, it was the worst TV show I've maybe ever seen. <laughs> like when you thought it was good. So now you think that it's bad. I mean, maybe it will come back around for me and I'll be like, oh, now it's actually good because you seem to have like a funny, wonky way of looking at things. But I, I, I cannot think of any reason for me to watch any more of that. Like, yeah, it's just, just not going to happen. We started watching it and, and it was right in our groove and I loved it. And I love Milo and I love Mandy more. She's a gorgeous oh, creature. Oh, God, I love Mandy Lovely, more. Lovely, delightful. I love her oh, speech goodness. impediment. It's so cute. Oh, and she was they gave a great Howard Stern interview, spilling the tea on there yeah. like it's the best guests do. Um, and um, but I was uh, coming off of the Parenthood cry fest every week with yep. that, and um, I was like, well, I don't know, we'll we'll sit on a few of these, and we just never went back. And I'm sure that we would be obsessed with it if we got back in um, see, for all those elements. See, Parenthood felt like authentic to me, whereas This Is Us feels um, like manufactured in that way it feels it feels like it's just it's trying to make you cry and i don't think parenthood did that it like it you you fell in love with them without all of that stuff and then they kind of brought like like the reason why i cried so much through the final season of parenthood is because we'd had six seasons or five seasons of falling in love with the family and you knew what was going to happen it was like right well i'm just going to cry for a whole season now whereas this is us it was like from from day one it was like oh we have this dysfunctional thing and it's all this thing and it was just like I don't care. I don't care about any of this. It's all just just heightened nonsense. And I like the conceit of um, of them kind of going back in time and showing them fall in love. And I love that kind of like, you know, wonder years aspect to it. But I right. just, it's just garbage, garbage Dude, TV. For me, what makes the show like I'm a big fan of Milo and I love Mandy Moore. Always <clears> have, um, even when she was a pop star, I really enjoyed her. But to me, the the pearl of the show is Sterling K. Brown as Randall Pearson. All of the Sterling scenes get me. The way he is with his children, the relationship that he has with, with his wife, Beth. And when they start showing him in the future with his adult daughters, it just literally breaks my heart. There's something about that guy that just, God, he just, he's my spirit animal, man. Like I went and saw Predator just because he was in it. Like, he's, like he I love guy. that guy so much. He was fantastic in the uh, OJ thing that FX did. Like that guy, he can act the wheels off of a show. Yeah, he's good. I'll give you that. So that returns tomorrow, Tuesday, January 15th. Number four on my list is a show that every now and again, my dad surprises me. And he's like retired. When he first retired, I'm like, dad, you should watch Netflix. I ain't going to sit around and watch TV all day. You can only watch so much TV. Then winter came and he goes, I love Netflix. It's so cool how you can just watch the next one. It's great. So he tells me, he's like, man, I watched this show and it was so good. I think it was better than Sopranos. I really, really loved it. I'm like, what was it called? And he, he said, Drag Race. Huh? <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, man, if it was, I'd been be. on that cruise. I'd have been on that sweet, <laughs> sweet gay cruise. No, he, he told me, I, f I think, I can't remember how he said it because he's notorious. He still calls salsa, salsa sauce. And he once called porn, prawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, you ever seen that show, Frank Punisher? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so he actually thinks it's his last name then. 
He loves Frank Punisher, thinks it's one of the greatest wow. things he's ever seen, and returns Friday, January 18th. Out of all the Marvel things that Netflix did, this was the only one for me that really engaged me. And I don't know if this is going to be the final Punisher or not, but they, I had um, Daredevil yeah, on my October list, and it just, I kept seeing it, and I kept thinking, nah. It's like a book report. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Now that they announced that it's that's no more, um, I'm not going to go into that third season of of Daredevil. But I will be happily when the wife is away uh, that week in Mexico with her sister. I will happily be cruising through Frank Punisher. Yeah, I think it is done. Like the only reason why they haven't cancelled it is because it's like bad form to say it's cancelled before it's even been aired. Yeah. So they've cancelled every one of them. They're not going to not cancel that one. It's just you know they've obviously trying to sever ties with Disney because of um, the, the 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 streaming service. Yeah, thing. it's so, Disney taking yeah. back ownership of all their stuff for their 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 big platform that they're going to roll no, out. No, it doesn't sound like it is that. To, um, from what from what I can tell, it seems as though like Disney don't have the rights to 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 have to those characters uh, to use them for TV because they did a deal with Netflix. It just seems as though Netflix kind of it's a conflict of interest to them. It's they're like well, up if they're going to yeah, it's like well, if you're going to be competing with us and then we're going to be making things with you and then you're going to be making money off us as well, then it kind of I don't know. It's it feels like a bit of double jeopardy to a certain extent. So do you want to like hear my lose even more market share? You want to hear my saddest news ever? Go on. So Star Wars Land opens okay. up this summer. Heard of it? I happen to be buds with the former president of entertainment at ABC. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> former president. Yeah. I'm now buds with VP of Netflix. But I was friends with somebody that could get possibly like juice so me into Star Netflix Wars land. now, Channing. Yeah, she's at, she's at Netflix. Oh well, I mean that's a good move. That's a good for move for sure. Let's be fair, like you know, she doesn't work there anymore, so it's okay. But oh, that is a garbage TV channel. <laughs> My God, like, have they ever done anything good ever? Uh, well, you know, no. back when TV was in its heyday, yeah, right. but you know. Now she it, didn't work there, so it's fine. It is what it is now. So, but yeah. that was one of my possible ways. I was hoping to grease my way into the opening. It's like, damn it, damn it, lost it. Oh, I lost it so bad, so close. Hollywood, uh, back to regular guy, Bricky. Oh, don't say it, Connie. It hurts. It hurts so bad. I don't ever want to be that kid from Southern Indiana. Connie, question for you: Punisher. Yep. Is this something that you'll watch? Do you watch any of the Marvel Punisher. shows other than Jessica I, Jones? Biased? I didn't watch Punisher, but I'll watch Frank Punisher if that's out. <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's that's Come way on. better. That your dad needs to slide in on over there at Netflix too and start helping with the marketing of these things. Um, no, I didn't watch it. John Bernthal, although I think he's great, um, I'm still carrying some residual Shane hate. Oh yeah, him. Shane was so despicable in the early Walking Dead seasons. There are, I, you know, every few years there seems to be White somebody fucker. that I go. I hate this guy. He's the worst fucking most hated character ever on TV. And he slid in there for quite a while. But um, who, fucks your, who fucks your best friend's wife and leaves it in? Like if there was ever a moment to pull out, it's when you're fucking your best friend's wife. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I might go and watch it, but I don't know. There's so much stuff coming up. 
plus I picked up a few new things dragging into this first for that first week of January. So I don't know. Uh, it may it'll still be there. It won't go away. So I, I might watch it later. I'm not watching it. All right. <laughs> Number three. This is something that Beth and I watched. I was like, I don't know. Let's just check it out. We loved this show. Loved it. It got horrible reviews. It got horrible rankings. Like, I'm so happy that Netflix stuck with it and brought it back. This past Friday, the 11th, Netflix brought back the second uh, season of Friends from College. One of the best wife watchers I've ever watched. That show is amazing. So good. I've watched it a couple of times, and I didn't even know that it was coming back until I started uh, looking up you know, research winter premieres. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit, this is on the list. I'm high, high, high on this show. God damn it. It was so good. And just relatable 30 minutes, fast, funny. Everybody was despicable, but like lovable because of that one horrible situation after the other. I highly, highly recommend friends from college. It is a great wind down the day or a dinner uh, TV show. It's a great couples watch I, I really really enjoyed it i'm pumped that it's coming back i'm pretty sure this will be everything that we did last friday i'm pretty sure that's everything that beth and i did last friday night yeah. all right sean number two yes is true detective um okay when's that back it is back here in the states sunday january 13th so last night it it yeah. came back for its third season which they put a big space in between them and i'm a fan of this new idea in tv of if we don't feel confident that we can do the six month turnaround and hit our slot in the next physical year fuck it let's take a year off let's take two years off like a lot of people complain about the game of thrones thing i don't give a shit if it makes a quality product and they can do what they want to do like Fargo is rumored to come back because the head creator's like, all right, I have it. I know how to make a four season and, and do something of quality. I like the idea of TV shows taking their sweet time to try to get it right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of the Game of Thrones and Fargo thing was you can't film like snow scenes in summer. Um, Watch you me, know, only Watch me. With an <laughs> attitude like that, you'll never do it, but I fucking will because I'm a go-getter. We were watching something the other day, and Ruth, oh, we're just we're breezing through the office. We're still watching the office, like five episodes a night. Even though you hate Michael Scott, like, which is impossible. Yeah, so I did, I was actually just looking at my phone because I wanted to um I wanted to just this is a feedback corner. So are you ready for this? Because um so this is Rob, Robert from Chicago wrote in AID um, supervillain Robert from Chicago. Go ahead. Sent me a message saying I agree with you about the office. Oh, I should probably read this first because it, oh yeah no it's bad. Um I agree with you about the office. Michael Scott is a selfish child. The only reason people started to like him because they feel bad how Jan played him and how sad it is when Holly moved away. The pity him. They pity him is all. And then he put, also, I hope Andy gets cancer. <laughs> that's, that's what, um, that, that, that was the feedback corner there. But yeah, so we're watching The Office and, and Ruth's just like, um, so I was, Ruth was like, oh, um, you know, so we were talking about something and and she was like, she thought that it was filmed in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I was like, I was like, well, no, it's clearly filmed in California because everything is. And it, it was like it was like I brought down the curtain and she she kind of she saw the real world for the first time. She was like, "But what about the snow?" And I was like, "Yeah, but it 
they can they can make fake snow. I was like, even like they might even like go somewhere for like a couple of like location shots or whatever. But I was like, there's no way that that's real. And then she was like, oh yeah, you're right. It's filmed in in Los Angeles or whatever. And I was just like, you're a crazy person. But Fargo is a little bit different, Mark. Like that's got to be filmed kind of at a certain time of year because you're not getting that kind of snow. And it's the same with Game of Thrones well, as well. It's not even a. There's the one season where they they were delayed because they didn't have a snowy year where they filmed. But the, this time season four, the, I, I forgive me for not knowing the, the guy's name, but he's just like, I, I just, I don't have it in me right now. And Noah it was, Hawley. yeah, it was just a complete emotional. I need to put this on pause. I need to do some other things, but then yeah, I, I made that superhero show. Didn't he? What's that? What was that called? The, oh, um, um, come on. Legion. What is it? It's like the X-Men thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He made that as well. So he he just literally put the project on pause for like an emotional like stopgap. Yeah, but, which is fair enough. But you know, I, I I'm I'm a I'm a fan of this because it's like now I'm ready to watch True Detective. I, I mean, here's the thing, and all honesty, and go ahead, fire up your email and get ready to send me a shitty comment. Comment below at AID. This is where Mark talks about how season two is better than season one of True Detective. Hey, <laughs> we don't even need to have this conversation. We've had it so many times. Mark's I love a crazy Tim Riggins. Person. I love Tim Riggins. I like Tim Riggins as a conflicted gay cop. Uh, I, I thought season two wasn't as bad as most people said. I'm also, for whatever reason, a Vince Vaughn fan. I know that he overacts, but I like the act that he does. I thought season two was good. Okay. I'm not going to say it was the greatest thing ever watched but it wasn't as bad as everybody made it out to be it was too uneven for me i couldn't i, I loved the first season the finale was eh, hit or miss but then the yep. second season tim riggins and rachel mcadams together that's that's hitting all the points for me yeah. so i was in for it but then it was so uneven and all over and i'm not a vince vaughn hater but um I, I like him a little more reserved. Some of the things he's done. That one, it was seemed like a like he was like a playing a bit of a caricature of that type of character. Right, for me. right. So I was out after four, four and a half. But I'm in for the new one because of Mahershala Ali. Oh so. my God, what a role he's on. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in as well, and I and I'm in because of what you said, Mark. Like it's nice to have a bit of time off, and you can kind of forget about the disappointments of you know of what happened last time. So. And it does make me excited. Um, I think what you speak to about that kind of thing is, is true. Like, it feels, at the moment, it, now now that things have, like, mid-season breaks, that feels like a relatively new thing. Yeah. It feels like TV shows don't really ever go away. Like, it used to be that it, they would start in, like, September, and they would finish in, like, February. So you'd have, like, six months off. To miss and, it. And then you'd you get excited about it again. Whereas now yeah. they have a huge break, you know, not just like mid season. They, they seem to take loads of time off and then it finishes and then it's back straight away. And I'm just like, I want a bit of time away from it. And Fargo's fine. Like the last season was okay. It wasn't as good as last time, but there's enough TV on that. I can go two years without it. And true detective, it needed that time away clearly because there's too much pressure for people to, you know, to, to make the series rather than just, um, take your time and make something good so i'm yeah i'm looking forward to this i didn't even know it was starting so soon but i guess you know it's got to be true detective big little liars game of thrones and then we, we that's it isn't it so and then well, we all cancel hbo i i like the long breaks too because it seems and maybe it's just me rationalizing it it makes those shows seem like 
heavier shows, like more important yes. to right, me. Right, right. There's some gravity to those, like taking the, you know, Game of Thrones, I'm going to forget about this gap as soon as that show starts up. Right. I'm going to be right back in on the thing I've been waiting for and looking forward to. Um, the same thing with like Westworld was taking a long time, but it that's an event I look forward to. Um, when the shows play like uh, a couple of months, take the mid season break, come back a month or two later. I don't, I feel like those are my light shows, even yeah, if they're yes. not necessarily, but like, you know, waiting a whole year for shameless. I'm fine with that. Um, but like some other shows I would be like, okay, why did you take so long? I see why these shows take so long. It's they're massive productions, very, uh, uh, large casts, deep levels of production. So it takes some time and it's worth it. It pays off. And I prefer a six to 12 episode season of quality TV over a two hour movie. Like, I just feel like you can take your time. You can create side stories. I feel like the ending is so much more epic because you're so, you know, you've invested 12 hours into these people, 10 hours into these people. So to take time to make quality TV and to give me that full experience, I'm on board with it. And and I would hope that this new concept could maybe make some great shows last longer. You know, like maybe The Wire could have gone more than five seasons if David Simon didn't feel like, fuck, I got to do this all over again. You know, maybe we could have got more Sopranos or Six Feet Under or some of those classics, Friday Night Lights. Like maybe that could have gone a little bit further if DirecTV didn't feel like they had to keep coming up with that budget every six months and be like, you know, uh, can we get money from Sears? Can we get money from Under Armour? Like, how do we keep Friday Night Lights on our, on our you know, maple? believe network so i'm a big fan of it and i and i think that you guys are absolutely right you nailed it the shows that do this these are the shows that we look at as the a-class top shelf shows on on the tv spectrum yeah okay right. okay thank you sean I, I appreciate that all right my number one well, is you're, this. you're not always right that's that's why i'm kind of giving you a pat on the back because you. <laughs> you're go on go <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> Here's my number one show. I've already seen the pilot because you can watch it for free over on Prime. I'm going to tell you right now, the best pilot I have seen in years, and I would be surprised. I'm already expecting a letdown when the series comes live on Showtime January 20th. I would be surprised if Black Monday can keep up the tempo that they establish for themselves in the pilot because the pilot is possibly the best 30-minute film I've ever seen. What is it? Black Monday. It's done by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They're not in it. Um, it follows uh, Don. How do you say his last name? Is it Don? Cheadle. 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 Yeah. Don Cheadle plays a sort of um, shady Wall Street guy who fucking right. loves cocaine, and it and he's opposite of. Um, uh, 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 Jordan Kahan, Kahan, who's was in speaking of who was in Girls, right, Connie? Um, that's not his name. His name is um Andrew Reynolds. Andrew, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got Andrew my, Reynolds. Got my notes was, wrong here. Uh, he was um uh, Hannah's best gay friend. Yes, uh, who was uh 
was always a bright spot in Girls. Absolutely. And the best episode oh. of Girls is when he and Hannah do all the drugs and go to the, the, the nightclub and go party. Go on their on night that. adventure to the, to the, the dance from, club and to the convenience store, which <laughs> convenience store on drugs is always an adventure. He's the guy from Book of Mormon, isn't it? It's the same guy that yeah. you're talking about. The Yes. I, no, he's, yeah, he's very good. This sounds interesting to me, Mark. This, Mark, t- into this. Mark tipped me off to this and I, it was it was my most anticipated <laughs> thing, but I didn't realize that it was showing a little early. Yeah, and so like I dove in and, and I dove in and watched it and blew my mind. It, blew my mind. It, it, so it's um I think it runs maybe thirty five minutes the pilot. So it, it starts out and you start to think, oh, this is going to be one of those insult shows where everybody when they talk to everybody, I'll take my dick out of your ass and put it in your mouth, you fucking dickhead fucker. You know, so you think it's going to be one of those yeah. like everybody's trying to out insult each other. But as it goes along, you actually realize that it has heart and that there's a story being told. And I'm telling you right now, I've fallen for victim of the strong pilot meh series. This pilot is so good. I would have if after I edited, I would looked at my team and be like, let's not make a second episode. Let's just let's make this a 30 minute film. Let's do a Disney gimmick. Let's show this before our next meh film. Like the best thing about Incredibles was that fucking cartoon about the dumpling in the beginning of it. So this was really, really good. The series kicks off Sunday, January 20th. If you're an Amazon Prime member, go over there, watch the the preview. You can see the whole thing for free. And not in the UK. You can't. VPN if you live in the UK. <laughs> Go watch it. It's it's really, really good. Best pilot I've seen in a long time. And I watch a lot of pilots. Yeah, I texted five people as soon as I watched the pilot that are, are my people that I know are in my groove on shows and I was like just stop what you're doing right right now and go watch this Connie a detail that I love and and what it's about is it's it, it this is in the opening credits so I'm not giving anything away uh there was the darkest day ever on Wall Street I believe in 1987 it was called Black Monday and yes. nobody knows who or what caused it until now so it's it's the story of this Wall Street thing that went on. Connie, one of the subtle things that I thought was really, really funny in their chop shop office there where, you know, they're like the worst Wall Street team that you've ever seen assembled. They're like the DC cab of Wall Street. DC cab is such a good analogy. Fuck, I love that movie so much. and I love that analogy. Um over on the wall, there is a, an era-specific Saturday Night Live photograph of him doing okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, he couldn't get a Warhol of himself, but he won one. So he just painted up the picture of himself snorting a line of cocaine. And, and it's in the business offices. It's the best. And it's that same Warhol style that SNL always did for all of their yeah. guests. And I fucking died. Like, I'm like, that is just such a witty, great background piece that just keeps the humor and the storytelling going. So fantastic series. I'd highly recommend it. All right, guys, what do you say we hop over and get into the circle of trust and, and talk about some of the things that we've watched and we've seen and things that we're excited for. But I feel like this is a solid list. And what I would recommend to anybody who's a member of the circle of trust, take this list, put it in the notes on your phone. When you go, what do I want to watch? 
Pop it up, look at it, work your way through them. I got this over on my phone, and it just makes TV watching so much easier. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show today, wherever you found us. And if you enjoyed it, please leave us a submitting stars as the device will let you, and leave a positive review and tell a bud. What do you say right now we get into part two for members of the Circle of Trust over at AID.network? Let's do it. Thank you so much for listening to Comment Below. If you'd like to hear more, sign up today at AID.network to hear tons of episodes and 30 more minutes of bonus content, where today we talk about Narcos, Walking Dead, the last season of House of Cards, and the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So much more is coming up in part two. If you want to hear more, comment below. Simply visit AID.network and become a member of the Circle of Trust today. Thank you for listening.